0: We Made This Hello and welcome to Life's Milestones the podcast about birth and naming ceremonies relationships and weddings and death and funerals here on the We Made This podcast network My name is Mark Adams and I am your host and I am a humanist celebrant. That means I am accredited and insured by Humanists UK to provide humanist naming ceremonies, weddings and funerals for the British public. As always, if you're interested in a ceremony provided by me, have a look at my website www.humanist.org.uk forward slash Mark Adams. But if you are a regular listener to Life's Milestones, feel free to claim your 10% discount by quoting Milestones when you get in touch with me. Today's guest is Matt Davis, the man behind Malachi J. Matthews from the British wrestling scene and the Super Tap Film Club podcast that I am also a host on. I've known Matt for over five years now, and since the day I met him, we have worked creatively together wrestling and podcasting, two things we both absolutely love. And it was always going to be a pleasure to get Matt onto this show and have a serious chat rather than a silly chat about wrestling or B movies like usual. So I really hope you enjoy my interview with Matt Davis me at this time is Malachi J. Matthews. Am I calling you that today? Uh,
1: no, I don't think so. No, I think I'm Matt today, aren't
0: I? With me at this time is Matt Davis, the man behind Malachi J. Matthews. Hello, Matt.
1: Hello, Mark. How
0: are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right, thank you. How are you?
1: Good, good. A little bit tired, but I'm all right. I'm all right.
0: You are ready for a serious chat because that's not what we normally do, is it?
1: It's not what we do at all. We've known each other for years and we very rarely have serious conversations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, set the stage. A couple of questions about you. First up is how old are you?
1: I am 42 years old. Mark. It's
0: a good age, that.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah. 1978. It's It's a good
0: age. I agree with this age.
1: Yeah, it's good. That. How old are you, Mark?
0: I'm 42.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so where are you from and what is your background?
1: Originally, I'm from Nuneaton, which is just outside Coventry. At that day, I was born born in Nuneaton. I lived there till I was about 17, uh, 17, 18. And then from there I moved to, I lived in Cheltenham for about two years and then came back to Nuneaton and then... At the start of, I think I came to Derby 1998, 1999. Mm. So I've been here for about 20 years now, yeah.
0: Similar to me moving from Wolverhampton to Manchester, actually, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, yeah I came here for Christmas. I was supposed to be here for Christmas for two weeks. And I've, I've been here for 20 years. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I've always known for it. There's um, The guy that I used to be in a band with, Fix It Kid, Jay, the guy that runs the studio, Dubwreck that we used to re- record and rehearse at. I've known him pretty much all my life. I've known him since I was about 14, and he, he lived in an Eton, but he worked in... Sorry. He lived in Derby, but he worked in an Eton. I can't remember which way around it was. But anyway, I've known people up here for years, and I ended up, when I came up here for Christmas, decided, because when uh, back home, I'd just moved in, back in with my parents. So I was like, let's just get a job up here. I've got a job up here, and then I got a house and stayed here. Now since then, loads has happened.
0: <laughs> twenty years is a long time. I'm, I'm I'd be worried for you if nothing had happened in twenty years.
1: Yeah, well that's it. I I quite I've been quite busy, so yeah that's that's good. I, I'm one of the one of the sort of people that's uh, I can't just sit still for very long. And I've always I've always been the same really. I've always always trying to do something. So uh, yeah. So what
0: do you do that makes you interesting? You've already mentioned you're in a band called Fix It Kid. Tell me about them first.
1: Oh, that was a band I was in for 11 years. We did that for years, touring all over the place, drinking and shenanigans, very good stuff. I started off as the bass player and the singer, and then we got um, another bass player, so I could just run around and climb on PAs and stuff and hassle people. After the band split up, I did stuff on my own under the name of Beef Claw, which you find hilarious.
0: I do. I like the name Beef Claw. I've listened to some Beef Claw and I'll be honest, it's not my vibe. But I (laughs) like that you're called Beef Claw.
1: Yeah, I also, around that time as well, I used to do a thing called DJ Baby Shaker.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, what now?
1: Uh, I used to be called DJ Baby Shaker as well.
0: (laughs) Okay. tell me about DJ Baby Shaker.
1: That was all made with uh, just all purely analog. With uh, since I used to just take like a bag of bits to shows. I used to play it like jungle shows, but play with like basically this thing that looked like a Speak and Spell. It's good, good stuff.
0: <laughs> it's not a particularly pleasant name to call yourself, is it?
1: No, but it, it, it's it's a good one. There was actually another DJ Baby Shaker. Oh. That I found after I've been doing it for a while, so we, we ended up getting in touch with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you've been beef Claw, you've been in a band, what do you do currently?
1: Well, currently, before, obviously before the world ended and the Covid came, well, we actually know each other because we, we used to commentate together at Hope Wrestling. We I've did. For, yeah, and that's probably, it's probably about five years we were doing that together, wasn't it? Four or yeah. five years. And then after I finished doing that, I left Hope and I went off to do some other stuff with some other people. BWR, based around Grimsby, absolutely amazing wrestling people to work for. And then through them, that led me to do a year's worth of stuff with Rise Wrestling in Leeds. And that's, that's what I love to do now when we can do it. But obviously, we, it's getting up to a year since I've actually had a show now. Uh, the last show that I was actually on, the start of November last year. So it's getting up to to a year now since I've actually had a full, an actual booking at a wrestling show, which is insane when you think about it, when you say it out loud.
0: It feels like this year has been the slowest and the fastest year of my life. And, um, you know, in an ideal world, you and me would be sat with either a beer or a brew at your house recording this, but we can't. So we're doing it over the interwebs. And that wasn't really what I envisioned when I set up this podcast. I know we got to kind of like stiff up a lip, carry on and stuff, but it still sucks that I can't come over and have a cup of tea and watch a bad film with you when we record the podcast, you know?
1: Well, that's it. I've, I have been uh, struggling with that outside uh, things quite a lot, recently, especially recently as well. Mm. I think it's, with the whole situation with wrestling as well, we... we because everything's so up in the air, me and Fletcher were going to go up to Leeds to see um, a couple of the Rye shows being filmed. There was a Deathmatch Outlaw show that was supposed to be on at the end of March, and then they put mm. it to the end of October. Obviously, we're not doing it now, so so that's just a shame. It's just a sh- because I think that's the, the the bit that I miss about it is go, just going and dicking about with your mates once a month. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's it, That that's what I'm starting to miss now I mean, I don't really hang around with many people from the wrestling at all in real life, I mean there's you but that's like, you're one of my best friends <laughs> so there's, like there's you and I speak to like, Big Joe and that's probably about it at the moment, but you know, that's because we we know each other outside of the wrestling I suppose Well we
0: podcast together, don't we?
1: Exactly, yeah, so yeah, it's. I can't wait to get back to it if I'm honest, Mark. But it's. Uh, I, I just don't know when it's going to happen. It's the same with everything because in my real job, what what I actually do is I work in theatre and in in stage productions. So my my real job is usually I spend six months of the year at festivals. Yeah. Um, setting up festival, where it, it, all aspects of sort of like from stage management to um, technician work to all sorts of, you know, that's what I did for, from last year, from the end of April till this time last year. Mm. I was away every weekend doing that. And, um, um,
0: isn't there um, a campaign about that? Something like hashtag let the music play.
1: Yes, there is, yeah. We we make events. There's there's, there's loads of it going on. But it, it's, I find it hard to, for, as a person that's spent... Obviously, I've had real jobs and stuff like that, but as a person that spent the majority of my adult life trying to get to a point where I can make money out of the things that I like doing, i.e. wrestling or working at gigs and shows, just to have that taken away. And it's the same position for, for, for millions and millions of other people. And it's hard not to see this as the death of independence, whether it be independent wrestling, independent restaurants, independent breweries, independent anything at the minute is in fucking dire straits it's horrifying for me
0: i for couldn't some... agree more you yeah. you know you know well you know very well that i quit my job just before covid hit to yeah. give celebrant work a real go and i've had more than two-thirds of my my ceremonies my my income taken away because people don't want a wedding with 15 people
1: yeah exactly you're in exactly the same position and the thing is the majority of my friends uh, the majority of people that I know, the majority of my friends, are active creatively. Do you know what I mean? That, that's that's how I know them. And yeah. it's, it's through the bands or it's through art or through through doing wrestling. But none of us can do anything at the minute. And it's horrible. It, it's really, really horrible. Do you know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm not the sort of person that goes out a lot. But everything that I do depends on going out. If that makes any
0: sense. (laughs) Yes, it does. I'm right there with you on that one.
1: So, yeah, yeah, that's where I am at the minute with that one, Mark. Well, I just opened a can of worms.
0: Well, I think at the moment everybody's got that can of worms open. Tell me some positive stuff. Tell me about Supertap Film Club.
1: Supertap Film Club is a podcast that I started about uh, just over a year ago uh, with a friend of mine, uh, Fletcher, Hollywood Fletcher, as he's known on the podcast, and it started from what I do on my days off from wrestling. When I was wrestling most weekends, it was usually a Friday. And I was doing stuff like up north on a Friday, and then I was doing some like kids shows on Sundays in Stoke. So we always had like Saturday, sort of free. So me and Fletcher and our friend Adam always used to meet up for what we call dude time.
0: <laughs> right, Okay. <laughs>
1: We do time, so we just get some beers. I, I've got an arcade machine in my house and a lot of computers, like consoles and stuff, so we we put that one in the back room and we'll play, I don't know, we'll play Turtles all day and drink. And then I put I started putting films together on YouTube, because I found a load of films on YouTube, stuff like Maniac Cop and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I started, yeah, I started putting this list together, and it got to the point where there was about 2,000 films that I'd found. Fletcher basically suggested to me that I find a healthy outlet for making lists because I am uh, also I'm on the spectrum, Mark. Right.
0: Um,
1: so I've got a thing about categorizing li- uh, lists. We were basically chipping our way through them on a Saturday, like watching the various works of John Saxon. <laughs> 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 yeah, Fletch suggested that we started doing a podcast. So we thought, oh, we'll give it a go. We did a couple and it was just a good, good fun. And then after about sort of like six episodes, six or seven episodes, it started to really roll. And we found good sort of beat with it. And now you, you've joined us as the third member. You, you've been guesting since we started anyway. And we're getting, to, we're getting quite a few people listening to it now. It, it's good. It's it's a weird thing. I'm, I'm kind of used to this thing because from, from putting out records in the past where you sort of you record something and you do it and then it's gone it, into, you know, and, and you sort of forget it's done yeah and then somebody get back to you about something that you've done, and it, I just, I don't know, I just enjoy that because once you've done you know it's, it's finished and you've sent it off into the world, other people catch it. I like that
0: <laughs> yeah I like and I, I mean for me i've always been fascinated by B movies, and um, that's essentially what you look at, but you, you you try and make it more complex than that, but it's just three fellas watching a dumb film enjoying it, and then infusing on the internet, and I'm glad that it's turned out to be popular.
1: <laughs> yeah, so am I. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we'd probably still do it anyway if it wasn't popular. True. But yet, uh, It's something that's kept me sane during the lockdown, uh, to be honest, because quite a lot of work goes into an episode, because, uh, as you'll know, it, it sounds like it, it's very much stream of consciousness when we're doing it, because the format of the show, if, if people who haven't heard it, is We pick a film. I essentially go through the film and and narrate it, scene by scene, with interactions from Mark and from Fletcher. So it's more of a comedy show, I think, than a than a film. Well, I don't know. Just go and have a listen to it. It's it's funny, but it's we're all quite different. I think if we were if we did a podcast individually, it would be weird. (laughs) But the, (laughs) the three of us together, it works. But yeah, we just talk about bad films. Not necessarily bad films, but like, you know. Good bad films. films. Yeah, good bad films. You, you, your Highlanders, your Maniac Cop, you, your Miami Connection.
0: Voodoo Academy. Yeah,
1: Voodoo Academy. One day, Mark. One day. Oh, I mean, you even got the running joking on your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry.
0: let's move on to talking about birth when and where and how were you born
1: well I was born in 1978 in Nuneaton Warwickshire George Elliott Hospital in in, in June
0: I'm sure I've had someone on this podcast that was also born in that hospital I think it was my last guest I think Andrew Copson was born in the same hospital as you, there you go what a coincidence
1: that rings a bell actually, that name rings a bell Andrew Copson
0: He's the chief executive, a few minutes to UK. Do
1: you know what? I've got a feeling I went to school with him. How old is he?
0: He's a little bit younger than you. Not by yeah. much, though. He's like 37, 38, 39, maybe.
1: Is he from Leneaton? Yeah. Well, that's where I'm from, yeah. Good grief. That's the thing with Leneaton. Um We're everywhere. We're like Australians in bars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, tell me a favourite story about your childhood.
1: Okay. When we were kids, me and my sister were obsessed with wrestling, with it, WCW and WWF at the time. Mm. Uh, I remember once, uh, there's a friend of my dad's, I talked about him a few times on the podcast. He's an old world of sport wrestler called Tony Walsh.
0: Yes, I've um, heard of him.
1: So, yeah, we uh, he's, he's um, a good, very good friend of my dad's. He actually, once he retired from wrestling, he... Uh, worked as a security guard, and he managed Davey Boy Smith, of all people. Nice. Yeah. So we used to go and see Davey Boy Smith at the Bed of Civic Hall. (laughs) And and that was around the time... You remember when he he left WWF, uh, WWF and he did a little tour before he went to WCW? Yeah. It's either going to see the British Bulldog at the Bed of Civic Hall for that, or the time that Tony snuck me, my dad, and my sister into the Birmingham NEC to front row to see the European Rampage one year and we were on the front row.
0: (laughs) And you hadn't paid?
1: Yeah, getting snuck in stealth by uh, Tony Walsh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are the first things that popped into my head. Yeah, everything's sort of like show or wrestling related, I'm afraid, mate.
0: (laughs) There were worse things, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Going to see the wrestling when I was a kid. Other than that, I always used to get... I, I, I love films, as we know. Showcase Cinema was a new thing in the 90s. When Didn't they, when last opened, that long,
0: did it, Showcase?
1: Well, there's one. We've still got one.
0: Have sure.
1: you? Yeah, still got one in Derby. Good grief. They opened a Showcase in Coventry, basically, and they used to do this thing on a Saturday morning where if you went at 10 o'clock, it was about two quid or something. It was just to try and get people in at the weekends. Mm. So... So me and my dad used to go pretty much every Saturday morning to go and see something. But my dad had always let me pick the film. I took him to see some absolute bangers, Mark.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure your definition of banger was different to your dad's.
1: Uh, I, got, I managed to get him to go and see the Twin Peaks film Fire Walk With Me. Because I told, him, <laughs> cause I told him David Bowie was in it. <laughs> it. For two seconds, he walks out of a lift. That's it. The whole point. The whole point of David Bowie, isn't it? Uh, Sleepwalkers took him to see that.
0: That Stephen King thing with the evil cat people.
1: About the incestuous cat people, yeah. For oh,
0: goodness <laughs> sake.
1: And also Natural Born Killers was another one I went to see with my dad. How was old that. were you? Well, I was. you used to sneak me in. I was about fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he'd go and buy the tickets and I'd go and get the popcorn and then he'd be like, "Right, right, let's go, let's go. Bearing in mind, my dad, <laughs> my dad at the time was the detective sergeant of the West Midlands Drug Squad.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, dear. So the next question is, um, do you have children yourself?
1: I do, yes. I'm going to meet her this afternoon, actually. Yes, I do. I have a 17-year-old daughter, Mark.
0: Right. So 17 was quite a while ago. So um, did you have a naming ceremony, a christening or any other ceremony to welcome her into the world?
1: Do you know what? I was thinking about that this morning. Uh, We didn't. No, she's never been christened or never had a naming ceremony or anything like that. I'll ask her about it this afternoon when I see her.
0: (laughs) Mm. Can you think why you made that decision, or was it just that you didn't make a decision on that?
1: Because at the time, 17 years ago, there wasn't really an option to do sort of like a non-religious, as far as we were we were aware, our families were, sort of, were like, oh, are you going to get it christened? But neither me or Tracy are particularly religious people, so uh, we didn't really think it was appropriate. Mm. So, so we just, and then it's 17 years later and we still not done it. you know i don't see the point of christening somebody if we're not christians
0: yeah
1: i mean there's nothing i've got nothing against people getting christened at all but it's it's just i don't see there's no there's no point if if we're not going to be bringing her up in a religious household you know what i mean Mm.
0: would you maybe consider having some kind of Ceremony type situation when she hits 18 It's kind of like a coming of age ceremony, maybe.
1: Maybe. Yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah. Hmm. Do you know, I've not really thought about it in a long time, but I'm I'm meeting her this afternoon. So I'll actually ask her. Why (laughs) not? That's that's the best way we wanted to do everything. It's it's not really it's not if she wants to be a Christian, that's fine. I'm not going to stop her from that from doing that. But I don't want to be in a position where I made her be a Christian. Yeah. Or vice versa. So it's, you know, she can do what she wants within reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, quite.
0: So if you were to have another child, do you think you'd do the same or would you maybe look at getting a naming ceremony?
1: Yeah, probably. I probably would do. And it'd give you something to do, wouldn't it, Mab?
0: It would. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Is that something you want with your current partner?
1: Yeah, if, if possible. Yeah, that would be great. We both of us would 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 love love to love to have kids. It's just one of those things we'll have to wait and see what happens. Really. If not, you know, it's 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 just one of those things. If it happens, it happens. So let's move on to talking
0: about weddings. And the first one is, are you married?
1: I am actually divorced, Mark. Okay. Yeah, I was married about ten years ago. But I got divorced about two years ago. Right. I've been I've been with, I've been with Sarah for five years, but my divorce actually only went through God, when was it? It was like two years ago, wasn't it?
0: I remember it being about two years ago, yeah.
1: It seemed to take forever. It did take forever. But yeah. Was married, that didn't work out, got divorced, but now I'm happier than ever and I am planning on getting married again. So obviously with the COVID, we've we probably would have done it by now, that's the thing. Yeah we would have at least have it organized by now that's but again that's the same situation for millions and millions of people
0: well yeah um literally all the weddings i had booked this year have been canceled they're all going to get married but it's all going to be in 2021 when they can have the wedding that they want
1: exactly so yeah looking at it we definitely do want to do it again but it's um it's not possible at the moment that's the thing it's looking at it next year when when people are actually allowed to do stuff together we'll see we'll see
0: yeah so normally at this point i would either ask you to tell me about your wedding day or to talk about your ideal wedding day seeing as you you're kind of in both of those situations why don't you pick do you want to talk about your previous wedding or do you want to talk about your upcoming wedding
1: i'd rather talk about my upcoming one than the one that that went pear-shaped
0: okay (laughs) So what would be involved in your perfect wedding?
1: Well, I like the idea of doing something outside, but I'd like the obviously plan something with Sarah. She loves this type of thing, but I like the idea of something outside with not a great deal of people because like I was saying, I, we know a lot of people, but I, I I probably associate like hang around with probably about 6 or 7 friends. That sounds that sounds terrible. Mm.
0: And,
1: you know, it, it'd be nice to just want a certain, a certain group of friends family there parents and uh, that's about it and, my, and the kids that'd be great but yeah low-key i don't really know mark just just something nice outside i'm, I'm quite i like being outside
0: <laughs> outside weddings are incredibly popular for me so um they, they are almost without exception lovely but you need to think about perhaps a contingency plan if it is the worst, rainiest of muddy days and, you know, she's wearing a white frock.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. I think we're looking at some kind of. Um, so, I don't really know, mate, to be honest, because the problem is I, with 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 not being able to to do it yet. I'd find it really frustrating if I started thinking about it too much. It's just another thing that I'm not allowed to do at the minute. Yeah. So I, if I'm honest, I'm trying because I've had a few issues, um, so I'm I'm trying not to dwell on things like that too much. I'm just get, waiting for waiting for next year, so we can forget about this one and uh, start again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. You have a particularly, I'm going to go with interesting fashion sense. Have you thought about what you're going to wear?
1: I have an interesting fashion sense, really. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that doesn't look like my wrestling costume. <laughs>
0: no, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, which is difficult because my wrestling costume is basically a sort of, like, 80s suits, uh, things like that. My, my character, well, I suppose Dale always used to say, take the piss out of me, saying, like, oh, that's your costume, is it? That's They're, they're your real clothes, they're not... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all waistcoats and stuff like that, and the, the idea for the character is like to try and make him look a little bit like Dick Valentine from Electric Six. he's
0: like right, good?
1: He's a big influence on Malachi. Malachi's basically half <laughs> Dick Valentine, half Alan Partridge.
0: Wow. But you are the only man who I know who unironically wears cravats socially.
1: Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's unironic. That's, that's just... I like to. I like to. <laughs> I do like clothes, yeah. And uh, I have. I've got a certain, <laughs> a certain look, I suppose. But yeah, I, so I just look smart. I just look smart on my wedding day, Mark. And I will probably look quite seventies when I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
1: <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I do love a cravat. And uh, do you know what? I've not worn one for a while because we haven't had a wrestling show. I Haven't needed to wear one. But it's getting colder outside, so.
0: <laughs> just wear one round the house do the hoovering
1: <laughs> I've got a silver one that I keep by the door that I've been using for a mask at the shop um, so yeah I've been using Really,
0: <laughs> brilliant
1: my friend Adam sometimes says that I look like I've been locked out of the house and I've found a bag of charity shop stuff on somebody's door and just put it on <laughs> Yeah, I've got a big coat and he says I look like the guy from the spin doctors when I wear that bloody hell
0: the Spin Doctors come on now that's a blast from the past
1: 42 mate
0: talking about music what song would you pick for your first dance
1: oh my god I mean for me it would probably be something ridiculous
0: like the Spin Doctors
1: (laughs) yeah well no it'd be something 80s or it'd be (laughs) yeah it'd be it'd be definitely be an 80s song if I picked it I'm not sure what (laughs) <laughs> I'm just laughing at ideas in my head, like Kiss songs and stuff like that. Mate, get um, them
0: all out there. If it's on, on records. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, well, that's it. Uh, anything, really. I'd like to do the whole Macho Man Randy Savage thing, uh, the, the match made in heaven. Elizabeth! And come down to his theme music. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: how would Sarah like about the Elizabeth thing coming out to... Is it what's this theme tune? Dun, 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 dun.
1: Is it pomp and ceremony?
0: Pomp and circumstance. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I'd wear the, uh, the the gold and silver spandex cowboy hat combo. <laughs> she
0: she she won't just not marry you. She'll disown you if you do that.
1: Uh, no, in all seriousness though, it, it, it would probably be some yeah some eighties songs or something from the Drive soundtrack because mm. that's pretend songs from the eighties.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, would it be a humanist ceremony that you would go for, or would it be something else? Oh
1: yeah, it definitely be it definitely would be yeah definitely be a humanist ceremony, uh, especially since um, you've been doing this. Obviously, I've been I've been to one of the ways that you've done.
0: Of course you have, yeah.
1: And it was lovely, yeah. That that's basically that one that we went to of Dan's is, is the sort of thing that we would do. Very very similar, I think. Mm. But I definitely have the, the humanist ceremony because, like I said, not a religious person at all. And when when I got married before, that was that was in a it just in registry, obviously that was a non-religious thing as well. Yeah. But it was okay getting married there and whatnot, but it's it'd be nicer to get it done by a friend in a field everything's always better with a friend in a field,
0: Matt. Well, quite. And obviously I love doing weddings for people that I've just met, but it's incredibly flattering when a friend wants you to, to be their celebrant. And um, I was looking forward to yours and then, and then the plague.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll still do it. Bob. We'll still do it. We That's will. It, it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good fun.
0: all right let's move on to talking about death so the first one is the big one are you scared of death
1: uh i don't think i am no it depends it it's uh no i think i would have had enough by the time i get it's it's my time to go (laughs) do you know what i mean (laughs) I don't think there's any point being scared of it unless uh, you've got a reason to be scared of it. Unless, you you know, you know you're going to die, if, if that makes any sense. Otherwise, yeah, pe-
0: perhaps if you've been, like, diagnosed terminal, young or something like that, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I don't see the point of being scared of death because you'd never do anything. The whole point of being alive is trying to leave your mark before you die. So mm. just... Don't worry about dying, Get on with doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I couldn't so, agree more.
1: Plus, I do enjoy dangerous situations with wrestling and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, you do stuff I wouldn't do.
1: Yeah, but I love it. And part of that is, Mark, is the danger of it. Mm. But not to, I know I'm always, whenever I'm doing stuff like that, it's always in, in really good safe hands, if you know what I mean. It's people that know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm never going to get hurt hurt is the fact that anything like that it could it, it's like sitting on the top of the oblivion in island towers but what would happen if that never came down do you know what i mean yeah it's that it's that 30 seconds of almost panic before you land that is being alive do you know what i mean
0: yeah absolutely
1: so it's the split second before you do a terrible stupid stunt where you know you've got to do it anyway and it doesn't matter how it how it turns out because you've put yourself into the situation where you've got to do it. (laughs) True. That is kind of, I I enjoy that feeling. I really get off on that. I really do. It's what I used to do when I was in the bands and stuff. So I'm not scared of death. I just like being alive.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense, man.
1: You don't get very long. Do you know what I mean? I do think sometimes I think about, it, especially now that I've got a daughter who's like nearly 18. Time just goes. Time just goes. So, I couldn't imagine getting to like 60, 70 years old and thinking back and having not done anything with your time. It must be fucking terrible. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to cope with that. That would be worse than anything, not doing anything and then getting to like 70 years old. Everybody else is fucking dead. And you're just like, oh, well, what did I do?
0: I think you and me are very, very similar in our outlooks on life and you don't really identify as humanist, I do, but my humanism is based on that kind of love for life and the you-only-get-one-chance-make-sure-it-counts kind of attitude towards life is a very kind of humanist outlook on life. And I think it's, in my head, it makes perfect sense at least.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I always look at it like this. It's an example. Both of my grand Grandmothers are dead now mm-hmm. um, one died relatively recently a couple of years ago, but the difference in what in their, in their attitudes when they found out they were gonna die was astounding. And my nana Carol, my dad's mum, she found out she was gonna die, so she was like, right. She got together with my mum and they wrote a list of stuff that she wanted to do, and they ticked it off and they did the fucking lot before she died. What, bucket my list. list yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. My other nan basically just died.
0: Just right. didn't
1: got to, she got to a point where she was in a old people's home. She was in there for a few months, but obviously to that point, until she got to that point, she just they they never she just never really done done anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just never really done that much. It feels terrible when because it in a situation like this where I've got to think about my family. It sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I haven't got any nice memories about my mum's mum at all. Right. Um, I can't remember her doing anything nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um well, On the flip side of that, my dad's parents, like, for, for example, what she did with my mum, she was like, right, I'm going to do this. My granddad, before he died probably about 10 years previous to that, her husband, he did the same thing. He fucked off to India. He was like, right, I'm going to die. Let's go to India. Good for him. Yeah, went to Goa. They were all having raves and stuff. My granddad was there. Brilliant. So I suppose that answers the, the death question as well, doesn't
0: it? It does, doesn't it? Should we talk about your funeral? Have you decided whether or not you want to be buried or cremated?
1: Uh, I would probably want to be cremated. It takes up less space.
0: <laughs> that's a perfectly legitimate reason for wanting that.
1: Yeah, that's the only reason I could, I could think. Other than that, I don't know, because once I've gone, I'm just a body, isn't it? And it's... Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would probably want to be cremated <laughs> for practical reasons, because there's there's let, it takes up less space. Really cold. But
0: <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, you're the last thing you ever do is reduce your carbon footprint. That's good.
1: Yeah, that's it, yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd prefer that and get somebody to chuck my ashes somewhere where I used to like going. Something like that. Where would that be? Uh,
0: Don't I, say I spent... the wrestling ring. I will give you a slap.
1: No, I won't say I won't do that. What? okay give it to Joe and get somebody to smash my own in somebody's face.
0: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: I want that to happen. Oh, for uh, goodness no. sake. Um, I spent... Me and Sarah spend a lot of time well again, we haven't this year, but usually, like we go out to Derbyshire or out to the hills, the moors in in anywhere really for for a couple of we'll do it a few times a year for a weekend, and we'll just go last time we went to Whitby and we stayed in a foghorn station for a week, just in the middle of nowhere nice um I love doing that where we're away from internet, and nobody can talk to me about wrestling or work or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, something like that. Somewhere cool. up a hill in Dodge or, or, or a Whitby somewhere. I'm an old man now, Mark. That's it. I, I used to be interested in and into drugs and things like that, and now I just uh, mainly like cheeses. <laughs> There's nothing
0: wrong with cheese. I've, I've never been into drugs, but I've always liked cheese.
1: Just really into food at the minute. Really, really like food.
0: Didn't you I used to be a food. chef?
1: I did. I was a professional chef for about 15 years, yeah. But... um now i don't know there's there's a lot of good like weird little hipster takeaways and and stuff like that around in Derby. so there's there's actually some quite interesting things to eat at the minute so yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so moving back to the topic rather than i mean i i could talk about food forever now i haven't got time for a food podcast um (laughs) (laughs) what reading would you like to be read at your funeral have you thought
1: about that do you know what i haven't mark it would probably be Again, it would have to be something from a song, from an 80s song, or from from a soundtrack that, that would mean something. Mm. Or I'd try and do something funny, because I'm an entertainer at the end of the day. Yeah. So I'd like to at least go out like that. I'm not going to be one of those people who says, like, I want it to be a happy happy situation or whatever. I just think I'd probably try and make do something funny. I don't know what.
0: <laughs> I've found more and more that people... When I meet them for a funeral, they're quite coy about telling me that they want the funeral to be funny. And when I tell them that it's okay for the funeral to be funny, you can see the relief on their face. Because the person that they've lost, they remember them as someone who was funny, someone who would have liked to laugh. The last funeral I did, we choreographed it, so the fella arrived late for his own funeral. But people were laughing in the um, in the crematorium and it was funny and it was cool and it was sensitive. And it was about that person. He was never on time. So we kind of choreographed it. So he was late for his own funeral. It's okay to have a funny funeral.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the sort of thing I mean. But no, reading wise, I um, I don't know if I'm honest, Mark, I'd have to have a think about that. It would probably be something that was more relevant at the time. Yeah. Um, but more than likely, it would be some kind of lyrics from a, uh, probably a classic rock song.
0: I have <laughs> no problem with that.
1: No, no, it'd probably be a Dio song or something, I would imagine. Black Sabbath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, no, I was thinking about this the other night, because didn't I say to you when we were talking about it, about something about having Neon Nights by Black Sabbath. Wow. Serious as well, but that's one of my favourite so songs, so I'd like the lyrics to <laughs> Neon Nights, written by Ronnie James Dio.
0: Good. Probably. Let's talk about music. You are clearly massively into music. You've been a musician all your life. Have you thought about what music tracks you would select for your entrance, reflection and exit part of your funeral?
1: Again, it would have to be something relevant to, to the time, but it would be
0: oh I don't know you wouldn't have some fix it kid at your own funeral
1: I would definitely not have my own music no no it'd, it'd be something picked I would, I'd never never use any of my own music for anything like that no again it'd have to be I, I listen to a lot of Kiss I listen to the Misfits and I listen to a lot of 80s stuff crazy uh, crazy
0: crazy crazy nights as the uh, yeah. as the entrance yeah <laughs> maybe maybe or Strutter. <laughs>
1: Again, yeah, it'd have to be something that that would be relevant. Like, a friend of mine uh, had a funeral. Oh, God, when was it? Probably getting on for, like, ten years ago now. Mm. He was a younger guy that that got killed. Uh, But he had, like, Radiohead and Bob Marley on it. So, you know, it'd be something like that. But Mm. now the problem is I can never listen to those particular songs ever again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I'd think about it. But this, it, like you say, music is important to me, Mark. So I wouldn't be able to pick something off the top of my head. I'd have to give it serious thought. Because unfortunately, that's the way my brain works. it would have to stay <laughs> in with everything. You know that from doing a podcast with me. I
0: do. I do. Editing jobs aren't good with you.
1: No, it's a stream of consciousness, mate. I can't, I don't, I can't do it. It just comes out of me. <laughs> right.
0: So if it was tomorrow... Tell me what music you would have.
1: I would have... Uh, it would be Credence Clearwater Revival uh, up around the bend. Purely for the reason. I know this sounds stupid, but this song reminds me of my dead cat. Oh. And it just does. And it always sticks in my head. And, uh, yeah. It's always making me feel choked up now thinking about it, Mark.
0: Mate, again, I'll have to have a just, listen to that. It's not a song I'm familiar with.
1: Oh. I hmm. don't know why it's it's a uh, it's not a sad song. It's just it's just what it reminds me of. So uh,
0: yeah. But yeah, I think for everybody, people associate songs with people, and you, you're right. If a song that reminds you of someone that you're sad about, even if it isn't sad, it can make
1: you sad. Mm, that's how it works, mate. That's that's why it's such a good, good and powerful thing you
0: know yeah music's powerful
1: yeah the most accessible art form there is really because it it just gets in your ears you know you don't even have to try and it's everywhere
0: Mm. (laughs) well matt or malachi or matt or whatever i'm calling you today it has been great fun having a chat with you about serious stuff for once because we you know yeah. we don't do that well we do do that but we certainly don't do it on air where can people find you on that their internet web of things
1: best place to find me at the most most active is instagram and that is at real malachi at instagram or at super fc at instagram so the Malachi one was pictures of wrestling. Now it's pictures of me decorating and doing gardening because there ain't no wrestling. <laughs> and, <pictures> of... <laughs> and the other one is obviously relevant to the, the podcast that we do together. And you can get that podcast, Super Tap Film Club, from anywhere that you get your podcasts from. We've just been added to Amazon uh, Podcasts. They started up a new thing a couple of weeks ago. Um, you can get us through Amazon now as well. But Spotify, iTunes... All that shenanigans.
0: Whatever you're listening to Life's Milestones on, you can totally get Super Tech Film Club on it.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so.
0: Any other plugs before we go, dear?
1: Uh, no, that's it, like I say, because there isn't really else much on at the minute. Say, if you want to check out our podcast, that'd be great, uh, because that's, that's basically what I'm doing to stay sane. And if people listen to it, it gives me a point to doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for being on Life's Milestones.
1: All
0: right, mate. See you later. I'd just like to say thank you one more time to Matt for sitting down and having a grown-up chat with me rather than a silly one about bad films. And we did touch on this when we were recording. Normally, there is no way I would be over Skype talking to Matt. I would go round his for a cup of tea or I would see him at a show or I would just spend time with him as a mate and I have kind of rushed him to the front of the queue to be a guest on this show because I had a lot of guests lined up that were going to be definitely face to face and I really did want to do all of these interviews face to face and it's just not possible at the moment as we all know and we all know the reason I'm not going to get into it but I have switched around various guests brought in people that I would have always brought in but I bought them in a little bit earlier than I thought I might have done so thank you to Matt for being super flexible and coming in at the last minute as a interviewee for this episode. I also think I'm going to have a word with the other host of Super Attack Film Club, Hollywood Fletch if that is his real name and I'm going to get him on as soon as I can as well, maybe even next time but who knows. As always I'm going to update the show's spotify playlist and i'm going to chuck a little bit of fix it kid and beef claw on there for you as well so you can hear some of matt's music too so thank you very much for listening and i'll see you next time life's milestones is a podcast by me mark adams follow me on twitter at mark that's also my handle for instagram if you're looking for my website it's www.humanist.org.uk forward slash mark adams if you're looking for my facebook it's mark adams humanist celebrant all the information on how to use me as your celebrant is there the show's social media is at life's milestones on twitter other than that i am just using my celebrant contacts for the show thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Elsewhere. And we made this.
1: The Movie Palace. I mean let's I'll open the floor up to you then Russ to start off with. Why don't you tell me what your first experience with The Heat of the Night was and generally what do you think about the movie uh, overall? So in all honesty I had seen the film I believe when I was much younger. Probably maybe 8 or 9 and at that point you don't really pick up the themes and found it relatively boring. I believe, is my recollection. And I also grew up being around the television show and having a similar feeling about it.
0: Pick a disc. I've always been uh, really interested in space travel. So the Apollo space program is kind of a a geeky subject for me. So I knew immediately what the song was about and I'd heard a lot of the audio clips that they used throughout the song. So when when I went to the album and listened to it from start to finish from that point onwards it was was a point of I don't think you can listen to any of the songs or or, or not get the full impact of the songs unless you listen to the album from start to finish in chronological order because as you said it is is like an audio book it's it's got a chapter one with with the speech from JFK and then you go through all the different missions through Russia and USA and and I think think it's an album best listened to um, as a whole rather than tracks in isolation Real Asian podcast. You're right. They're trying to say like, oh, we're not gonna be that egregious. We're gonna be subtle in our racist views and how we (laughs) erasure Asian Americans from our films. I,
1: uh, I'm curious though. What do you, what do you guys think went to the thought process? You know, like why?
0: There's a line in the documentary that says, you know, Hollywood is racist because America is racist, and it's like a Catch-22, where you want something to change, but then it's like, oh, but you can't sell Bruce Lee. And so the Hollywood director's like, okay, then we won't put up.
1: Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network.